Hi everyone, this is the Supported Sobriety Podcast. I'm Matt, and I'm in recovery from an addiction to pornography. And I'm Katie, and I've been married to Matt and supporting him in his addiction for four years. We created this podcast to bring hope, healing, and greater understanding to both men struggling with pornography addiction and women who support someone struggling with an addiction. I upload episodes for men with pornography addictions. And I upload episodes for the women who are supporting their loved one. We share real stories from members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but anyone is welcome to listen, and we believe everyone can benefit from finding peace through Jesus Christ. We hope that this podcast can bring you closer to Jesus Christ and help you on your journey of recovery and healing. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this episode of Supported Sobriety. Hey everyone, this is Matt. Thank you for tuning in. I hope that you're doing well. I have an episode today that is really important to me, that is really fun for me to share because it is a story from a book that I love, and I'm excited to share that. Before I dive into that, I just want to say that Katie and I are going to take the next few weeks and take a little break from producing these episodes, from releasing them, so that we can... um, We've got a fireside next week with a YSA word, but we're excited to um, be with... YSA individuals and to fill fill their spirit, fill their presence, and share some of our experiences and hopefully help others along their journeys. So we have that fireside coming up. It's my birthday on the 4th of July, so we're excited for that. So we're, we decided to take a few weeks off and refresh, renew, and get ready for the next episodes that we're going to release on this podcast that we're really excited about. So like I said, today I'm going to talk about something that's really important to me, and that is Step 10. Now, before you turn your brain off and you say, oh, step 10, I've heard it all before, whether you're in meetings or you look through the book or whatever, step 10 is the first of the final three steps, which are often called the maintenance steps, and I will read why that is from the 12-step manual. The final three steps will help you maintain your new spiritually-minded way of life, so they are often called maintenance steps. That's straight from the manual. Why are these the maintenance steps? Because they allow you to maintain where you're at when you get to this step. And as you move through sobriety and recovery, they help you maintain that recovery that you find. So step 10, reading from the manual, it says, quote, key principle, continue to take personal inventory and when you are wrong, promptly admit it. A lot of individuals don't get to this step because it's the last of the three steps. So chances are, if you're listening, you're either not on the step yet Um, working that way, or your spouse or significant other or a loved one has not reached this step yet. But it's an amazing one, and that's why I want to share about it, because a lot of the principles in this step, they either come from other steps, or they can help you as you go through other steps. There's a reason it is step 10, and so don't skip around and like do the step next or something, but I do feel like it has some important principles. Like I just read, the purpose of the step is to have daily accountability. That accountability is with yourself, with God, and with others to inventory daily, just like the inventory that we do in step four, on a smaller scale, every day we're supposed to do that, to catch things early. The whole point of this is to not catch things after you relapse or after 10 years of addiction, but in the moment, in the day. That is seriously one of the biggest keys to lasting recovery. Manuel says, if you feel worried, self-pitying, troubled, anxious, resentful, carnal-minded, or fearful in any way, turn immediately to the Father and allow him to replace these thoughts with peace. What I love there is it reads a bunch of negative emotions and things that you might feel that could lead to a relapse or some sort of a close call or acting out in your addiction in any way. 
And the remedy that it gives to those feelings is to turn immediately to the Father and allow him to replace these thoughts with peace. It doesn't say at night or the next day or something. It says immediately to the Father. That has been so powerful for me. When I, I remember when I read this, read step 10, I was working through step 10, and it just hit me that when I pray, I, I spent so much time praying for help and praying for God to overcome this for me and stuff like that. But when I read this, I realized that I needed to ask for a specific blessing, which was peace. And I had a bishop who said, peace is something that's very tangible. It's not um, abstract. It's not some weird thing. It's a very tangible thing that when you have peace in your life, you know it. And so this step allowed me to pray for that thing, for peace, and fill it. And I can't tell you how many times I have had a temptation flash across my computer screen or my phone or my mind, and I immediately turned to the Lord and I said, Heavenly Father, please replace this feeling with peace. And how many times I felt the Spirit and felt that feeling go away and felt peace enter my life. It has been such a powerful key to me, something that I use daily still, and something that really got me through some of those hard times when I was really trying to find some recovery. So to me, when you feel a feeling that is negative or when something happens that puts you in a state of, you know, maybe you're not about to act out, but you're steps away or you're, you know, on the journey, on the, on the cycle to acting out, you can use the steps, that, the things that you learn in step four to inventory immediately and figure out, this just happened, I'm feeling negative, and use the power of prayer and asking for peace to reset yourself. I, I like to tell people to find a way to reset yourself. Praying for peace is a powerful way. There are other ways such as working out, taking a nap, engaging with someone, having a conversation, maybe not necessarily about your addiction, but just talking to someone, doing something that you love, a hobby. Fill, it, fill the void that your addiction leaves with something good and reset yourself. So that's what I would say throughout the day to do to be accountable and to take inventory. I'm not going to talk about the entire step 10 and read through the whole manual, but the manual does go on to say that before bed, we should take another inventory of our day and recognize are there any thoughts or things that came into my mind that day that I need to deal with. I think that's a great time, obviously, to self-reflect. I think it's a great time to pray and ask Heavenly Father to show things to you and to talk to him about the things and to really have an inventory with Heavenly Father. But I think what I learned on this step that was so powerful for me is that it can't end with the Lord and it can't end with you. I think that for someone to be successful, truly successful in going through recovery and going through the steps, you need to reach out to someone else. And that can be a sponsor, a support person, or a loved one, or anyone else really. Um, but for me, I feel like when you are going through kind of the early stages of recovery and, and really when you are needing that help, I do feel like it's important to reach out to some sort of a dedicated sponsor daily. That can be through text, through call, through sharing something on the Fortify app or something like that. But I do think it's incredibly powerful to reach out to someone else. It can be super hard. That's honestly been one of the hardest things for me. But it allows others to see where you're at and you to realize like, I'm not the most terrible person in the world. Other people understand me and get out of the isolation that this addiction causes. The manual says you no longer have to live in isolation from the Lord or others. That is so powerful. Don't live in isolation. Reach out to someone. Don't get caught up in your mind or even just in your prayers with Heavenly Father. Reach out to other people. One final note to kind of tie step 10 together and to add a personal story that means a lot to me comes from a quote from 
Elder Joseph B. Worthland of the Quorum of the Twelve. And he says, and this is a little bit of a lengthy quote, but please stay with it. It's so powerful. He says, Worthiness interviews, sacrament meetings, temple attendance, and other church meetings are all part of the plan that the Lord provides to educate our souls, to help us de develop the healthy habit of constantly checking our bearings, to stay on the path of faith. Regular spiritual checkups help us navigate life's highways and byways. We can all benefit by looking deep inside our hearts during reverent moments of worship and prayer and asking ourselves this simple question, am I true? The question becomes more powerfully useful if we are completely honest with our answers and if it motivates us to make repentant course corrections that keep us on the path of faith. I love this quote because he says, check your bearings frequently and use these things that are around us, sacrament meeting, temple attendance, church meetings, worthiness interviews, so many powerful times and places where we can look inward and say, am I on the right course? And I think the, the oft-quoted talk, what lack I yet, really speaks to the power of sacrament meeting, um, but more broadly, other areas in the church and in our lives where we can look deep and check our bearings. Now, what does it mean to check your bearings? Put simply, it means to figure out where you are in relation to where you want to go where you are on the surface of the earth, or where you are spiritually on your path to Heavenly Father. One of my favorite books of all time is called Endurance, and it's about the incredible voyage that Ernest Shackleton and his crew took to cross the Antarctic continent and be the first ones to do that. And this, this book took place uh, in the early 1900s, I believe in 1914. In the book Endurance, Ernest Shackleton and his crew end up having to abandon their ship partway through their voyage because the ice gets too intense and they can't make any progress. And the rest of the book is essentially about the incredible story of their self-rescue. This was well before helicopters or airplanes or anything like that where someone could come down or even cell phones and save them. And so they had to essentially get out of this situation that they were in, which was very dire. They didn't have a ship anymore. They were on the bottom of the earth in extreme weather and they had to save themselves. The point of the story that I want to highlight, and you should uh, go read this book if you're interested in history or, or uh, cool stories or anything like that, but the point of the story that I want to highlight that I feel like applies to step 10 and specifically applies to finding your bearings is a part of this book and a part of the story where Ernest Shackleton, his navigator, and a few of his handpicked crew have to cross this huge ocean and one of the most dangerous, least hospitable oceans on the face of the earth. And they are in a small lifeboat that they basically took from the ship when they abandoned it. And they've jerry-rigged a few things and added a sail. Got, they got a bunch of supplies and stuff like that on the boat. But it's freezing. They're on the ocean. They have pretty limited supplies. No, like, waterproof gear, just a bunch of wool coats and stuff like that. And they are going across this ocean, trying to go from Antarctica, where they are, to a teeny tiny island hundreds of miles away. And it's incredible because it takes them several days, I think even weeks, to get to this place. But miraculously, Ernest Shackleton and, and this small portion of his crew make it to this island. And their goal is to get to this island and find people who make their livings whaling on that island so that they can go to them and then go back to England and get a ship and come back and save the rest of the crew. But the way that they make it across this ocean and go to this teeny tiny island is that they check their bearings religiously. They had this amazing navigator who, using very primitive instruments, he didn't have a GPS, he didn't have 
some sort of communication with outside world. He just basically looked at where the sun was and used trigonometry and different calculations to basically figure out we are here. Look at the map. Okay, this is where we are. We need to go west. We need to go east. We need to go north. And they would change. They would check their bearings to change their course and go a different way. So it was because of the superb skill, the religious intensity of checking their bearings, and honestly, the grace of God, that they made it to this island. And I think we can learn from that and say, if we were crossing an incredibly dangerous ocean, like addiction, we would need to follow the navigation and check it frequently. We can't just check it every now and again and say, oh, like maybe we missed the island, maybe we don't. We are in dangerous waters and we need to check our bearings frequently. Our goal in recovery is as specific as that tiny island that Ernest Shackleton and his crew had to reach. The waters are just as treacherous. So stop frequently and check where you're at. Adjust course as necessary. I know that checking your bearings is going to look different for every individual who listens to this episode. I know that you might not do it the same way that I do. But I hope that the Spirit spoke to you today and will speak to you in the coming days as you check your bearings more and be able to figure out where you are and be able to adjust that frequently. Because as you work through step 10, step 11, step 12, finish off the manual and move on, you won't have these huge steps in your life that you're working through and adjusting and moving forward. You're going to have to figure out a way to do that on your own. And maybe it's to rework the steps frequently, I don't know. But you need to figure out a way to check your bearings. Now, I know uh, I did not do that story justice. It's really incredible. But I hope that you could see how that story related to 12 step to checking our brains to figure out where we are. There is power in accountability. There's power in doing inventories daily. I'll cover more about the maintenance steps in coming episodes, so stay tuned. I'm excited to cover step 11, step 12. Step 12 has a lot of meaning to me. It's the service step. It's what pushed me to do this podcast with my wife. It's what's pushed me to be a facilitator, to be a sponsor. It's what's pushed me to sacrifice so much time to do this. And I don't say that to brag that, oh, I'm so great, I'm a sponsor, I'm a facilitator. I say that to let you know that I really believe in the power of service. So more to come on that. I'm excited to cover those. I'm excited to see you in future episodes. Please reach out to us. Give us feedback on what you thought about these episodes and future episodes. And if you're ever looking for a sponsor, looking for help, we'd love to hear from you. Our contact information is in the show notes. So thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening. We would love for you to rate and review this podcast as well as share it with everyone you know. For information about the church's 12-step and support meetings, please visit arp.churchofjesuschrist.org. We encourage everyone to find a sponsor or support person. If you have any questions, feedback, are looking for a sponsor, or would like to be a sponsor, please contact us at sobrietypodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for more guests. So if you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed, please contact us. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.